0: Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. This show is where Dr. Jason Deitch and myself, Jeff Langmaid, give you a front row seat to our conversations with the current influencers, future leaders, and fantastic people involved in our profession. Hey, what's up, smart chiropractors? Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. I'm Dr. Jeff Langmaid here with my co-host, Dr. Jason Deitch. Today, we have the opportunity to sit down and chat with Dr. Audra Lance in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, founder of Spine and Sport Rehabilitation Institute. Audra, thanks for coming on and chatting with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is our pleasure. And I want to give full disclosure to everybody listening out there. You gracious enough. This is second go around. I had technical issues the first time you've made time in your schedule to come back on. So I want to give public acknowledgement to, uh, thanking you for, uh, giving us some grace as we went through that. And I wanted to have you back because I love the conversation we did have, and I got a feeling this one's going to be even better. So as a founder of a cash based sports. Focused practice. This sounds like the dream to a lot of young docs out there listening that are interested in sports chiropractic, that are also interested in running a cash based practice. Uh, Those two things can sometimes seem challenging going the way of not taking insurance. When you decided to build a cash based practice, how did you go about that decision making? And what was maybe a lesson or two you've learned along the way staying outside of the insurance game?
1: So I had really great mentors in school, still talk to them. And it's awesome to have people to bounce ideas off and questions and people who've done it before. Uh, So talking with them, I just kind of heard the idea of the cash, no insurance. And some people that have done it, some people that did it switched back to insurance, some people that were pure insurance, got all the points of views, uh, and then kind of researched it on my own and how I wanted to set up a practice and decided, hey, I'm already used to living on ramen noodles and water. Like, Let's try it. And I can always switch back to take insurance. Uh, But I was aware from talking to people who have done it before me, it takes a little longer to grow. Um, So if you can have that patience, go for it. Uh, So I was babysitting on the side uh, just to have cash. You know, starting a business, you're not going to make $100,000 your first year. My first year, I actually made $17,000. So it's a hustle. Mm -hmm but it was worth it and it really has paid off and made things easier um, we do provide super bills so we know you know a little bit about insurance if people want to turn that into their HSA account or something but honestly I don't have a whole lot to contribute about insurance because I don't that's not something we've done
2: well let's let's dig a little deeper in there typically uh you know people take different routes for different reasons. It's not just that you don't want uh I guess, people to be able to be reimbursed you, but it's a different style of practice to have to pander to the insurance companies than it is to not have to. I notice on your website, I'm on spinesportrehabilitation.com for our viewers, you refer to it as concierge chiropractic care, and I'm guessing it is the focus on service and connection that is what gives you the ability to create value for people to actually want to pay you and want to work with you. Uh, as opposed to lowering the bar so much that it's just cheap enough that they can say, why not? Um, Why concierge chiropractic? What does that mean to you? What should people learn from that?
1: Yeah, so we spend a lot of time with our patients and you're with the doctor in the entire time. So your first visit is an hour, but that includes exam plus history plus treatment. So you're getting all that in your first visit. And then follow-ups are usually 30 minutes. Um, Some of the pro athletes do an hour because they have multiple things going on or performance um, care, enhancement, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I just have always loved talking to people and knowing their stories, although I didn't want to be a therapist. So I just found that really valuable and something that's missing in a lot of our medical world. People are being rushed in, rushed out, and then you miss something. Uh, But when you're with them and can spend that time, you can get to the root cause and the bottom of it. And if they're not supposed to be in my office, I realize that pretty quickly and can refer out. Or if they're supposed to be there, we can make a good game plan moving forward on how we're going to address their issue and really make that connection. And usually they get better faster.
0: I think it's a fantastic way to go about practice. It also just gives you so much more latitude in how you can apply your craft. And as we've gone through and spoken with Many high-level sports docs, one of the things that was, I say, surprising to us early on, but now is not, and and probably pretty obvious, is really a focus on performance as opposed to pain. And with you taking care of so many high-level athletes across pretty much all the major sports spectrum, I'd be curious on your insight in this. Do you find that more high-level athletes come to you for rehab? Do they come to you for performance? Is it a mix of both? What are you seeing?
1: A mix of both now, um, initially. They first came to me because they are injured and they need to get back and trying to get back quick and doing whatever they can and wanting to fix, like, figure out how. And then once they're there and seeing the kind of treatment that we do, uh, then they start, oh, okay, like, I feel better not only with my injury, but with this. Why? What are you doing? Like, how can I do more of this? Can you help me with this? So then it just usually evolves into that relationship. Um, Yeah, but usually it starts with an injury is how they come in.
2: And so I guess my my question is, I'm, again, on your website, you've got MLB, you've got, you know, professional players, NHL, NFL. Uh, how did that happen? Was that intentional that you wanted to work with professional athletes? Did it just sort of happen by accident? Uh, what would you tell chiropractors who also want to get into the major leagues of sorts mm-hmm. uh, and work with professional athletes?
1: Yeah, it was always a dream of mine. Um, From school, I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. Uh, And a lot of people are like, yeah, right, you're moving to a city you don't know. You're going to start cash. There's no way. So I've always been like, okay, well, watch me. Um, So, yes, of course, I wanted to reach that goal. I didn't expect the amount, which is phenomenal, which has become word of mouth. Initially, the first athlete got in there just looking up, Googling who was certified in certain things. Each Athletes have, you know, different um, so ART is a very big um, certification in the sports world that a lot of the athletes know and look for or their trainers. Um, so that is essentially how the first athlete got in, through my door.
0: And then from there, it's just been a lot of word of mouth. Oh, well, that is the best way that tells that you have a great experience. And that is what is key, not only getting the results, but having an experience is what delivers referrals. So well mm-hmm. done on that. I notice you have an associate with you, uh, another female doctor. And we're talking about this pre-roll and I'm not exactly sure which direction I want to go with it, but I would love to have your thoughts as somebody who is working in professional sports in a very male dominated industry, who's somebody who went to a new town, who has a cash practice and who's a female business owner in the community and you've made a name for yourself beyond that community, as th- the case of uh, you know, us you know, hearing your name and wanting to have you on the podcast, for the young female docs out there, what would be perhaps a tip or a bit of advice you would give them if they'd love to get into the sports chiropractic realm, number one, or maybe if they're a little bit hesitant because of what seems just to be an overwhelming amount of stuff when you're opening your practice, uh, how would you guide and direct a young female doctor?
1: Well, first, I think get really good mentors. That's for anyone. And have some of them be female, have some of them be male. Then you get both perspectives. Because I think uh, as doctors, and I do this too, when I got out, I was trying to emulate so many of my mentors, trying to be them and just realizing, oh, okay, yes, take the best from them, but make it you too. Because you need to be feel authentic to the patient. If you're feeling fake, they can read right through that. And you have your own course of learning. Um, and then go with your passions. Like I was a dancer um, growing up and college. So I immediately my that's what I know how to talk about. That's I know those injuries. So I was going to dance studios and hey, this is how I can help you. So go with where you're comfortable at, but you enjoy it because networking is so awkward to begin with and talking about yourself and what you do. That's also very hard. And it takes a lot of practice to be authentic. And, you know, you're technically selling yourself, but you're not trying to be a sleazy salesman. So just really finding what is your passion? Is that a running club? Go run and then just talk to people, you know? And that's what I've done with my associate. We find her passions and then that's how you integrate them and get the clientele that you ideally want.
2: That way it's sustainable and you're enjoying what you're doing at the same time. It's very Mm -hmm. smart and uh, and a good idea. Uh, I'd like to pivot back to your cash-based practice and uh, the fact that you're spending, you know, 60 minutes, 30 minutes, You'd mentioned people are coming in for a mixture of, sometimes it's rehab for an injury, sometimes it's performance-based. How do you uh, present your care plan packages? And I don't mean in terms of, well, I guess in terms of numbers, but also in terms of payment. Do they pay on a per visit basis? Do they buy packages? Do you have any kinds of sort of memberships as a concierge? Is there a mm-hmm. annual membership fee or monthly membership fee? Or how do you, how, how is your business model set up?
1: Personally, I don't have a membership stuff. It's by the visit. Uh, Not that I'm not opposed to that. It's just how I started and haven't changed it. But yeah, people come in and it's just a flat fee and that's changed over the years. Um, And then 30 minutes, they pay again. And we talk about from the beginning, hey, ideally, this is what we've seen. This is what to expect. But if you do your stuff, you're gonna be able to get out of here faster if pain's your only goal. If you don't, you're gonna to have to pay us to do it for you, which we're happy to do. Um, and then from there, okay, we your, your pain's gone, but here's still functionally where we need to address and get you going. Is that something you're on board with or you run the risk of this happening again in six months or whatever. Uh, and you have to meet the patient where they're at. Not everyone wants to go buy into the functional performance. People are like, no, I'm good. Just get me out of pain. I, I got it. Um, So it's really listening to what the patient wants. But yeah, numbers wise, it just depends. So we started out at 200 and then 100 and now it's like grown from there. Um, But you have to, you know, take in what you're paying for rent. What's the overhead? What you kind of want to take home? What's your value? What is everyone else charging in the area? And then put it all together from there. It's kind of a hard equation that if you're in a different city, you mean, you know, like I have a friend in Cleveland. She's like, I couldn't charge what you charge. so it's it just depends where you're at, too. And you have to kind of get a feel for that. And people can pay with their HSA cards, FSA cards. Um, and then, like I said earlier, we provide super bills with they pay with their credit card that they can put towards their deductible. Some people get reimbursed. That's all just dependent on the insurance plan.
0: That makes sense. With the clinical aspects of taking care of a lot of athletes in, in practice, you have an array of tools and skill sets, postgraduate education. What do you find yourself leaning into and utilizing the most often? I'm thinking about a young doc out there who maybe you know, they're looking at a variety of different courses. They're unsure of really where to leverage their time in the best way possible. What are some of the techniques that you find yourself really leaning into and relying on day in and day out as you take care of these athletes?
1: Well, obviously, you know, doing this for a while now, like it's kind of a fun puzzle for me to put together all the different things and figuring out what works. But if you're a young doc in school um, and you want to be involved in the sports, I said earlier, ART, um, not only because it is good, it's good for the anatomy, it's a good technique, but it's also very well known to market yourself um, and you get to do it for free by being on their website. And we still get a lot of referrals from that. So that essentially is the biggest no-brainer, even though they are expensive, but worth worth it. From there, I would say a DNS exercise course, or depending on your state, dry needling. And then there, you can never go wrong with a McKenzie course. You can fix so many people so fast with McKenzie and really get them going. And so I guess if I had to pick, it would be ART and McKenzie.
2: I'm curious, both what do you love most about practice and what do you see in the years to come? You brought an associate in, do you want more associates? Do you want multiple practices? Do you love to do the physical work? Are you looking to figure out a way to sort of balance that more? What would what, what what do you love most about what you're doing? And and how do you plan on doing more of that in the future?
1: Well, I'm very grateful. I love, 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 love my job. Like I was driving around yesterday and like going through who I was seeing, I was like, is this a dream? It's so wonderful. And it's such a high to be able to have such an impact on so many lives. And you don't even realize how much in 30 minutes you can inspire someone or make an impact. And, you know, you hear about it sometimes, but other times you don't, but it's our jobs. We do so much for people that is unspoken. Um, now, <laughs> working 14 hours a day on on male athletes, it it does get physically hard. Um, but it's such a high that I know you guys have practiced too that you can't describe, but whether they're athletes or not, it's still amazing. So I will don't really ever want to get away from patient care at this moment in time that can change next year. Uh, But yeah, I think work-life balance we're constantly trying to work on uh, in our office. I know it's important. My associate does a way better job at it than I do. Uh, So just really trying to push each other to grow whether that's personally or through a job and yeah i mean i'd like spine sport to grow if it's the right fit with people um on the team to have more to be able to help more people i mean that's the goal is to provide good care to as many people as we can but i mean there's all these things out there who knows what will end up happening it's hard to say <laughs>
0: That is true for docs listening and watching that are interested in either connecting with you or learning more. We'll be sure to drop the links down below as well, but, uh, where can they go to either connect with you, learn more or watch what you're up to as you continue to build and grow. You're in a new location, just expanded, which is awesome. Uh, and, uh, where can docs learn more? They can either
1: follow me personally on Instagram, Dr. Audra Lance or, and the business Sport Nash a lot of stuff shared, Um, you can go, you can message us on there. You can go to the website and just use that link to email us. Those are probably the easiest ways,
0: but we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Audra, thank you so much for coming on and chatting for a second time. Uh, yes. I think we did better than our first conversation. So thank you so I much for coming on, being open, sharing, and inspiring the young docs out there that you can get out there, build a fantastic, clinically sound, athletic cash-based practice. It's an awesome model to follow. You've done a great job blazing that trail. Thank you so much for coming out and sharing that with us today. Of
1: course, thank you for
0: having me thank you for listening to interviews by The Smart Chiropractor. Join us again next week for another episode and leave us a review when you have a moment. This episode has been brought to you by The Smart Chiropractor. The Smart Chiropractor can deliver more new patients, better retention, and more consistent reactivations to your practice without spending any money on paid advertising. Learn more and get started today at thesmartchiropractor.com.